You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. Today we are talking Brewers baseball. We bring in Adam McAlvey of MLB.com, who so uh, amazingly covers the Brewers for us. And, uh, Adam, the interesting thing for the Brewers to kind of answer now is, after the Cubs snag you, Darvish, how are they going to respond? Yeah, well, David says the GM says perhaps they won't. I mean, he keeps saying publicly that they like who they have. They've got three rotation spots spoken for with uh, Chase Anderson and Zach Davies and Joey Chassin. They've got Jimmy Nelson working his way back from shoulder surgery and expected sometime in the first half. And then they have competitors for the other spots. And David Stearns is saying, you know, we're comfortable with the group we've assembled I guess the the thing I would sort of throw out there is a GM is always going to say that. It, it doesn't help a GM's uh, negotiating position to say, God, we really need one more starter, guys. Um, that doesn't really help when you're trying to negotiate a price agent. So I think that there is still a lot of time before opening day, still a chance for the Brewers to add one of those other guys out there, and they've been linked to all of them, Arietta, Cobb, Lynn, some trade targets. Um, the Brewers, as we've talked about, Alexa, they have money to spend. They have a surplus of outfielders if they want to make a trade. They are positioned as well as any team right now to add to the group they've got, and they have a need. So I just have a very hard time believing that they are done assembling their pitching group. And I, I think when it's all said and done, they may well answer that, that Darvish acquisition. Adam, if this was your decision and your money to uh, you know play with, who do you think fits best in this rotation? Arietta, Cobb, Lynn, who stands out to you? Well, you know, for me, it's, it's, I like the Lance Lynn kind of route because he's a durable guy. He's not going to cost you the, you know, enormous contract that Dar- even though Darvish probably got less than he probably wanted going in and Arietta is seeking, Lynn is going to come, come in somewhere under that. Um, but look, there's a lot of consternation about Lance Lynn because Brewers fans hear Lance Lynn and they, they think about Jeff Supon, which is a, a relatively significant free agent pickup of the Brewers years ago that just didn't necessarily finish well. So um, I, I sort of get that. I think the fans who are who make that connection need to think about that this is a different picture and a different time of where this organization is. You know, it's 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 not the same thing. So that's probably where I would go. Um, I I like Domingo Santana a lot as a player, and if I'm David Stearns, I would want to keep him in my outfield. He's a 30 homer guy. He's a super high on base percentage guy. Probably a player who can get better with and improve some of the defensive metrics. I don't really like what he does out there. You think that's an area a player can improve upon? So I I would want to keep him and not for the trade route. That would lead me to free agency and. and Giving a, a huge Darvish-type contract to Jake Arrieta would scare me a little bit. All right, before we dive even further into this rotation, you're writing a little bit about the pitching coach, Derek Johnson, who's going into his third year and what his focus is going to be. What is the one thing or, or the group of things that you believe that he's really going to be honing in on? Well, just in a real nuts and bolts kind of way, the, a focus he said is just being athletic on the mound, um, field your position. It's one of those little things that every team does, the PFP, the pitcher's fielding practice, and sometimes guys groan and they, they line up on the mound and they kind of one-by-one one go through bump plays and all the different defensive plays a pitcher has to do. But Doug Johnson really wants to focus on that this year. He thinks that that's an area you can improve. And, 
it was interesting to me to hear him talk about that and think, you know, for a, for a coach, you sort of want to make your players better at one little thing every year. And this year, that's going to be the one little thing. So besides that, it's, it's the same as what other clubs want to do. It's number one, get your guys ready for the season, build up pitch counts. That happens really fast this year. I think for the Brewers, there's something like three full squad workouts before they play split squad games against the Cubs and Giants next week. So they need to get these guys ready to throw pitches quickly. So I think that there's a little urgency to get, get guys built up. Um, and then it's continue the relationship. For, for some players, we talked about Shasin, uh, a, a free agent the Brewers already picked up. Derek Johnson needs to get on the same page, figure out what he likes and doesn't like, how he prepares. Uh, for other players now, there's just as time goes by, a more and more baseline where everybody's kind of on the same page. And Derek Johnson talked about how that's been uh, uh, kind of a big plus as he moves forward in his tenure as uh, the Brewers pitching coach. Um, he is an under-the-radar reason that they had that surprising season last year. They were 10th in baseball in ERA. Uh, I don't think if you quiz the casual baseball fan and ask them to name the top 10 te- you know, pitching teams in baseball, many of those people would name Milwaukee as one of those teams especially after they, they basically lost their opening pitcher, Junior Garrett, to injuries and just wasn't very good when he came back. Their closer at the beginning of the season, Naftali Feliz, didn't pan out and got released. And yet they had a really good year throwing the baseball. And a lot of that, I think, falls to Derek Johnson. Um, and the, the players talk about him a lot. He's just a little elusive for us because he's always off, you know, watching bullpens, watching video, things like that. He's not, not that he's not available to the media as a policy, he's just not available to the media physically because he's always doing something else. So I think he kind of flies under the radar sort of for this team of of one of the reasons that they've been, uh, they've kind of flown through this rebuild. Yeah. It's going to be an awesome story on MLB.com. You can check it out that uh, Adam is writing there on the site. All right. So my, my question is my interesting, I think, uh, you know, thing that the team still has to work out, obviously, is embracing all this depth in the outfield or trading uh, one of these outfielders. But I think that's going to be harder to do as the spring goes on. And you realize, one, these guys are all really good. And two, you know, we could really use this depth because, you know, if God forbid one of these guys gets hurt, we, we need these other guys to step up and, and you know, step up in their place. So uh, I, I would just feel like when would they actually make that decision as to, you know, trading one of these guys away and bringing someone new in? Well, it's hard because uh, let's say the Brewers do trade Domingo Santana for a pitcher. That's been like the most that's – the, that's the most likely scenario, I think, that's been discussed all over the place this winter. If a team is, you know, you know, some of the teams that are looking at acquiring pitches via trades are first looking at these free agents because they only cost you money, not players. And the way the game is right now, I think a lot of GMs value the prospects a lot that they would have to give up for a pitcher a lot more than the owner's money that they would have to give up to sign a free agent. So they're looking hard at that Arietta, Cobb, Lynn group of free agents. And until that gets settled, I wonder if, if the trades are kind of held up a little bit. That may be one factor here. Um, the other thing is if you look at the Brewers group now, remember they traded Lewis Brinson, who was one of those outfielders in the deal that got uh, Christian Yelich. Brinson was their top prospect and kind of a cornerstone. Um, if you look at the group they have, it's Yelich, Lorenzo Cain, who they added, Domingo Santana, and Ryan Braun. That's kind of the four-man logjam. They're talking about 
uh, playing Ryan Braun at first base in spring training and getting him some at-bats there during the season as a way to get at-bats to those other outfielders. Then they have Brett Phillips, the prospect with the laugh we've all heard, and the really crazy throwing arm. Hmm. Um, he had a really uh, solid September last year, put himself into the competition. And the other younger guy, a youngish guy, is Keon Broxton. Um, Broxton and Phillips both have options. So let's say they keep Domingo Santana. They could begin Phillips and Broxton in the minor leagues to start the season. Play Braun Summit first base to ease the logjam and just basically use that four-man rotation last year. So it is possible for them to spread this thing around and make it work with the, the, the group of outfielders that they have if they choose to just keep everybody. And I think that is helping put David Stearns in, in you know, it, it preser- helping him preserve a little leverage as he talks to teams about whoever it is, Domingo Santana, Brett Phillips, whoever other teams come to David Stearns interested in. It gives, it gives the Brewers a little bit of leverage to say, look, we don't have to trade one of these guys. And I think that's one of the messages we're going to hear from Craig Council and David Stearns as we go forward and we keep asking that question. All right, you talked a little bit about Ryan Braun trying to get some time at first base, and I'm sure that's going to happen this spring because why not? How much time has the organization talked about that? Have you seen him out there taking grounders? You know, what, what's the likelihood that you know, he ends up potentially winning out and you know, becomes maybe the, uh, the, the dominant first baseman? I don't think that's the idea because, remember, they also have Eric Thames who, when you step back and look at his numbers for last year, he was a top 25 or so offensive player in the National League. Um, and I don't think they're just going to go away from that. So the idea is to play Braun against lefties at first where it makes sense, play him when Eric Thames needs a day, which sometimes happens. Um, when Eric Thames is going through one of his, you know, he's sort of a roller coaster player, so maybe you can use Ryan Braun for a couple of days in our own, give Thames that mental break that he at, at times last season needed. But the idea is for it to be more of a timeshare situation and not a all-out Ryan Braun is our new first baseman type of thing. Um, and then, look, part of the plan is going to depend on how Ryan Braun does. But position players don't report until next week, so we haven't seen him yet in camp. Um, I think it's going to be, you know, a, a, a relatively smooth transition. First base is harder to play than all of us armchair guys uh, make it out to be because just all the, all the movements that you have to know and the instincts you have to have for cutoffs and covering the bag and all the little things that go into playing that position. But Ryan Braun grew up as an, I mean, Ryan Braun is basically an infield. If you are who you grew up playing the game, um, that's what he, he was a shortstop. He moved to third base. He can field grounders. That was not the problem when he played third for the Brewers. It was the throws. So, you know, the, 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 they have a pretty high degree of confidence that that's going to work out. But look, until he does it and sees it and gets comfortable over there, I'm not certain that you can really put a plan down, um, you know, in permanent ink. They're going to just sort of play this out in spring training and see where it takes them. All right, let's bring the podcast full circle. We started off with some free agent starters who are still available, Arietta, Lynn, Cobb, guys that this team could still target. And then we had mentioned how they would probably rather do that than uh, focus on a trade. But there are some guys out there who could potentially be available, Chris Archer, Jake Odorizzi, uh, Michael Fulmer. You had also mentioned Jordan Zimmerman. Which one of these guys who's kind of in this group, a uh, possible trade target, do you see uh, becoming the most likely guy that could end up landing with the Brewers? Well, that's hard for me to answer without knowing how David Stearns really views when he's 
sitting there with his top people, the group that he has. Um, you know, to get a Chris Archer or especially to get a Michael Fulmer with five years of control would take a huge haul. Um, they already gave up a huge haul of prospects to get Christian Yelich for the next five years. And the question is whether he would be willing to do a trade like that again in the same offseason, basically, uh, for a pitcher. So if he has confidence in the group, like he says, if they really do have good projections on some of these competitors, they have Giovanni Gallardo, for example, kind of a, a, a low-risk acquisition that they made, then maybe they go to that next tier. And, and look, Jordan Zimmerman is a Wisconsin guy. Uh, he has had two bad years. Not, not he has not had uh, the recent seasons like he had in Washington, where he was at the top of his game. But if you're just looking to add depth to the group you have, experienced depth, you know he's the type of a player that I think David Stearns could target, and it wouldn't necessarily take the massive haul that um, a guy like uh, like a Chris Archer or a, a Michael Fulmer would take. So I, I'm I'm hesitant to name one guy because. It just all depends on what the Brewers think of their group. Um, and then what happens to the group is we go through some training. Somebody gets a sore shoulder and a sideline for a period of time. Or Jimmy Nelson has some kind of setback in his throwing program. Something like that can sort of change the level of aggressiveness that they would have as they go after some of these other players. I just think this is the way this spring is going to be, Alexa, where teams are kind of in this flexible mode right now. They know there are lots of options out there should they need them. And the teams can kind of sit right now, take a look at what they've got, and they're not feeling a great urgency to snap up the, the players that are available on free agency or even the trade market because they can just sort of wait this out right now. And I think that's what a lot of these smart GMs are going to do. All right, Adam, before we let you go, give me one prospect who you've uh, found interesting as you've kind of been following them early this spring. Well, look, today, pitchers and catchers reported it's normally a sleepy day. It was a little more intense than usual because, as I said, those games are coming really quick. But I will say Freddie Peralta is a, one of their good pitching prospects, and he's got a little Brett Phillips in him. He came in today. I have never seen a prospect do this. He went around the room, walked up to everybody, looked him in the eye, grabbed their hand, and shook it vigorously and said, Hi, I'm Freddie. And uh, it was a really – really good introduction of more players i think sometimes these guys come into their first big league camp and they're understandably nervous and they feel like they should be neither seen nor heard and, and they sort of keep their head down well this guy had his head up and i really like it i heard that that's sort of his reputation and uh you know we all enjoy being around brett phillips and how sort of boisterous and fun he is and i, I think freddie peralta maybe has the, the uh, chance to be the pitching version of brett phillips Oh, that's so good to hear. I love those kind of stories. They're always so interesting, the little intricacies of spring training as guys are starting to kind of get to know each other and become reacquainted. All right, that's going to do it for us here on MLB.com Extras. we got position players who are reporting next week, so we're going to have a full podcast next week on all of that, and uh, make sure you stay tuned. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate all the info. All right, talk to you next week.